Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Thoughts podcast. And as always, thanks for joining me. In this episode, we're having a discussion all about the paranormal with the Believe Paranormal and UFO podcast host, Cade Moyer. Just before we get into that, though, I just want to say if you enjoy this episode and any of our previous episodes, please make sure you're subscribed. We're on Facebook and Instagram, so jump on there to stay in the loop for every time I post and any sort of bonus little bits and pieces. We have a blog, which is paranormalthoughtspodcast.wordpress.com. And of course, if you want to support the podcast or get any sort of bonus episodes or episodes early, you can jump on our Patreon. And if you listened to my last episode, you may have heard I was giving away a shirt. So what you had to do was you had to go on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating, leave a review, and then screenshot that and send it to me either on Facebook or Instagram. And the winner of that Paranormal Thoughts podcast shirt is Claire Marinic. Thanks so much, Claire, and to everyone else who went and left a five-star review and sent it to me. I definitely think I'll be doing this again in the future, so keep on leaving your reviews and sending them to me, and in the near future, I'll give away yet another shirt. So in this episode, we're going to be talking to Cade, who is the host of Believe, Paranormal, and UFO podcast. Now, Cade is a fellow Australian podcaster. He is obviously producing a podcast all about the paranormal, so... I came across him probably not long after he started the podcast, which has been about two to three years, and I reached out to him, just wanted to kind of say hello, just to kind of say, hey, we're doing the same kind of thing, and I'd love to, you know, just sort of touch base and just kind of get to know one another. So a couple months ago, I went on his podcast, which the link to that is in the description of this podcast. And of course, then I wanted him to come on my podcast. Now, this chat you're about to hear was recorded almost four months ago. It was at the end of 2020, and I kind of just didn't get the chance to put it out right after we spoke. So it's sort of been sitting in the archives for a little bit, and I thought now would be a good time because there is sort of some references to last year, and I thought better to get it away than sort of hold on to it. So it was a really fun chat because normally... When I speak with someone, I'm usually kind of doing like an interview sort of process where I'm just asking a bunch of questions and hearing their sort of response. But this was, we definitely do some of that, ask Kate a bunch of questions, but we kind of have more of a backwards and forwards about a bunch of different paranormal topics and kind of just where we sit amongst, you know, disclosure and I suppose the interesting point of view from, I guess, where we sit in the sense of we produce, you know, weekly, fortnightly podcasts all about the paranormal and, you know, there's there's a layer of interest for us, but then there's another whole layer of actually producing this content for the, you know, for you guys. So 
you know, I feel like we're very we we meet up with a lot of different points, uh, and it's just nice to nice for me personally just to kind of be able to <laughs> discuss. Uh, kind of where I sit with a lot of the stuff and have someone at least hear me out, if not even agree with some of those bits and pieces. So thank you so much to Cade. Definitely go check out Cade's podcast. It's really great. He speaks to a lot of different people from all around the world, all about different paranormal topics. So it's definitely worth a listen. So let's get into this chat with Cade. Hey, Cade, how are you? Very good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. How long have you been doing Believe Paranormal and UFO podcasts for? How long has that been uh, an interest of yours as well? UFOs and uh, everything paranormal? Yeah, uh, I've been doing the podcast for about two years now. It's kind of on and off. And it's it's something that has just started to really become a staple, I guess, in my life because I've had this real fascination with the paranormal ever since I was younger. And uh, I believe you and I will probably be around the, the same age group. And I think you would have grown up watching the X-Files much, much like I did. And I got an absolute fascination with the, the weird and the wonderful from – Kind of growing up in an era where the X-Files, Unsolved Mysteries, they really ruled the airways for for people who had an interest in this type of thing. And I I remember a a day when I was a a really young child that kind of set the tone for me for all of this. And that was the day my dad told me he saw the Flying Dutchman. And I'm not sure if you're aware of what the, the Flying Dutchman is. Uh, I'm not too familiar, no. So I'm very, I'm very excited to hear about what your dad witnessed. Yeah. So the Flying Dutchman, it is apparently it's a ghost ship that sailors at sea would often see before they were about to encounter trouble or it's like an impending doom type of thing. And my dad, he saw the Flying Dutchman because he used to be a uh, commercial fisherman back in the day. And uh, fortunately for him, there was there was no impending doom or or anything like that. Like maybe they got out of the the storm, so to say, that may have been there. And uh, he, you know, he's gone on to live a very long life. But ever since that day, he told me about the Flying Dutchman of this this very very uh, relic ghost ship. I was just absolutely hooked. So ever since then, I kind of got my hands on every little bit of paranormal and UFO kind of cryptid magazine book stories that I could and it just kind of blossomed from there. It definitely is. There's usually some sort of key moment, isn't there? And it, it, as you just said, it blossoms into a very wide variety of topics. I feel like after you get like a glimpse of something, you're like, oh man, I need I need to know as much as I possibly can about everything within this whole universe. It really is. And that's one of the, the dangerous things, I guess, when it comes to the paranormal is that a lot of people go down these rabbit holes and they just, they never come out of it. I've spoken to to hundreds of people with my podcast who have had encounters with the weird and the wonderful and the completely unknown. And it really does send them down this path of always trying to find out what that was, what the next thing is. And a lot of people can lose themselves to it, which is, I guess, the the danger of the paranormal is that it can really suck you in to a point where there's no coming back or it's very, very hard to come back from it. 100% I feel like <laughs> we're both in that exact position where it's just we're too we're too deep now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I could probably never go back to a normal life with the the stories that I've heard, the the encounters that have been told to me and it's just like how how could anyone go on living a normal life after they encounter these things because I talk to people who have had some of the most fascinating encounters that you will likely ever hear and these people just have to go on 
like that's normal now. Mm. You know, you and I both having a podcast based around the paranormal, it it definitely opens your mind up to, you know, even though we're quite versed in a lot of these topics, but hearing from, you know, everyday people and so on, it's just it blows you away, you know, as you just said, what people kind of live with, and especially the whole thing of uh, people not believing and, you know, forever having to sort of live with that almost shamefulness of, you know, not really being able to express potentially you know, what has happened. So it's, I think it's great, you know, what you're doing as well as uh, just giving people a platform and just trying to be entertaining and as well as, you know, to educate as much as we possibly can on the unknown. Yeah. And that's the whole reason that I, I started the Believe podcast is that there's so many people out there worldwide doing podcasts, just like my own, but there was no one in Australia doing it. And there wasn't, there wasn't really a voice for people who have seen these things or encountered these things. And there wasn't a platform where they can they can go out and talk, I guess, almost in an anonymous sense if they want to, but get this really off their chest. Because I've spoken to people who have had encounters 40, 40 years ago and they've never spoken to anyone about it. And they've they've had to live with the the pressure of what happened to them. And it's like a, a weight genuinely gets lifted off their shoulders. And you can you can hear the people, they there's relief in in them telling their stories. It's it's a it's a really therapeutic um experience for a lot of these people because they they may never get a chance to to tell that story in the, in their lifetime. And I, I feel so honored that, you know, I, I'm the person that they want to tell their story to and I get to share it with with you know, thousands of listeners every week. It's great to give people the platform and, you know, and as you said, it is quite an honour to get to share these stories which, you know, either they've never told anyone or very very few specific kind of people and so on. So I think it's definitely needed and I think the proof's in the pudding in a sense where like people are curious about this, you know, like the paranormal is just forever growing, you know, the interest and uh, as I've said to you, you know, like, Back in the day when I was in high school, I was like the weird one because I, you know, believed in ghosts and so on. But now it's like it's not – people wouldn't even bat an eye anymore because everyone will tell you, oh, yeah, I, either they've had an experience or they've known someone who's had something kind of weird that's happened to them. Yeah, I think that's what's so great about today's modern age because 20 years ago, you couldn't you couldn't tell a person that you, you've seen a ghost, you saw a yowie, you saw a UFO because you'll be labelled crazy. But but these days it's almost like a, a cool thing yeah, to yeah. <laughs> like these these experiences as you know as crazy as that seems. But maybe maybe that's because we're living in an age where um, people are a lot more accepting of a lot more things. Uh, it could be that the there just seems to be more communication about this type of stuff. And I, I genuinely believe you know um, the internet is a, a great resource for for that type of thing. And I, I think it's because people are seeing more of this stuff in uh, mainstream media mm. because you just have to look at the, the UFO footage of the, the Tic Tac UFOs and things like that that got released just recently. People aren't crazy when they see these things in the sky anymore. No, definitely not. It's becoming more and more of the everyday, isn't it? So have you had many experiences yourself? Because I've sort of, we've spoken about my experiences before and I've had... A few here or there, but I feel like once you open your mind to these types of topics, you are sort of more maybe inclined to experience something or just be more aware of your surroundings, I think. And if something kind of unusual happens, you stop and think. I always do that all the time. Like if something seems a bit out of place or I try to, you know, recount my steps, like I think after you're aware 
of you know this phenomena, you do seem to sort of uh, almost bring it upon yourself. But what sort of experiences have you come across, Cade? So I like to say I've had the Holy Trinity. That's a, a ghost, a Yowie, and a UFO encounter. My Yowie encounter is something that was very, very bland, very vanilla uh, in the sense of I think I saw this weird, very, very tall shaped creature. Um, and, and I don't really hold much of a candle to it to say that I genuinely seen a Yowie, but I, I kind of like to think it was. Um, but it was this absolutely uh, monstrous humanoid looking figure that I saw across a kind of like a gully because where I used to live, I used to to live basically at the top of a rainforest and it was really quite beautiful and I could like see for miles over the top of this rainforest. And over the clearing, that's where I saw this this gigantic type of figure. And the the reason that it makes me think potentially that could have been a Yowie is that I used to hear all the the Yowie calling cards of wood knocks, bipedal walking, because this house was built about 12 meters off the ground. So you would often hear animals scurrying underneath the house. And regularly, I would hear these very, very large footsteps of something that just sounded big and heavy, but I could never see anything under the house. It's just, it was, it wasn't built in a way that you could really look under there. So I like to think that was a Yowie, but I don't want that to take away from anyone who's had these genuine encounters with a Yowie because I'm only kind of trying to connect the dots with that one. But when it comes to a ghost encounter, this is very much the same because these things, I think they make you question what really did happen there more than go, yeah, no, I definitely, definitely encountered this because it's really easy to lean fully into say, yeah, I've definitely had these encounters and and kind of take the shine away from people who have had genuine encounters. But this ghost encounter was uh, before a wedding and I was staying at the the groomsman's uh, mother's house. We all were because we were, it was a very much an out of town type of wedding. And I was I was sleeping and this house was very, very old. It was uh, It was a house that had a lot of history to it, as I found out later on. And I was sleeping in this bedroom where all the suits were being kept in the cupboard. And I saw a figure in the doorway, very much half asleep. Like I woke up, I saw it there and I was like, oh, hey, how you doing? And this figure then went over to the cupboard, opened it up. And I'm just thinking, oh, yeah, this, this is just someone grabbing their suit for later on. And then all of a sudden, the cupboard slams hard, really, really hard. And absolutely like spooked me. I woke up. I was like, what's going on, mate? And no one was there. It was completely gone. And there was no way anyone could have ran out of that room. It was in a split second that I, I kind of jumped up and was going, what are you doing? Any sort of like loud <laughs> ruckus while you're trying to sleep, especially in an older foreign house, like that's the perfect sort of scenario just to be like, okay, yeah, I'm a bit spooked here. So yeah, that must have been pretty uh, pretty confronting, I suppose. To be honest, I didn't didn't even really think of it at the time because I was I was in such a, I guess I was so tired to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, uh, it it just didn't even click to me that oh hey that could have been something just unknown because I was just like oh well that was weird and kind of went back to bed and the next day I said to the to the groomsmen I was like who was in the room last night going into the cupboard and no one no one owned up to it and. Uh, Later found out while I was at the wedding that the house is very much haunted. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, aren't those the best moments though? When it's like, okay, like 
who was that, you know, who, who was stomping about or what have you. And then it's like, nah, nah none of us, we were all passed out. And it's like, oh, okay, and that's when you start to put it together. But I love those moments where, like, the pin kind of drops. It's like, okay, so that could have actually been something unusual. Yeah, absolutely. I think those are the those are the real fascinating encounters because you're not letting your imagination run wild with your while you're in that moment because the the human brain it's like it is made to scare you while you're in these unknown encounters because it's it's a fear or flight type of um, reaction that your brain is going to trick you that something dangerous is about to happen so you will get out of there. It's just it's just kind of how we're hardwired. Yeah, just human nature. Yeah, exactly. So when when people have these encounters, they it's really easy to lean on the fact that, oh, that was definitely a ghost. That was definitely something paranormal when it, it could have just been the wind. It could have been anything. But I don't know what the figure was then. So <laughs> Yeah, for sure, right? So what about your UFO experience? So my UFO encounters they seem to be growing and I don't know if this is because I'm now hyper aware because of the the podcast that I do. Um, it could be that I'm just looking at the sky more, but I am regularly seeing UFOs now. So throughout my life, it, it took a long time for me to, to have a UFO encounter and I was lucky enough to, to share one with my wife just recently. And this UFO, it was at night, I couldn't see any shape to it. It was just kind of like a, a line in the sky, but it was far enough away that the the movements that it was doing couldn't be done by by a drone. It couldn't be done by a helicopter. It couldn't be done by a plane because it was kind of zigzagging all over the sky. And it would it would have been moving at at speeds that would would just turn a normal person to mush at the distances that it was that it, that it was moving, at the angles it was turning. It was something absolutely, I think, from out of this world because I, I've seen a lot of drones. I fly a lot of drones and this, this I've never seen drones do this. And this thing was just doing this, honestly, for about 10 minutes. And my wife thought, no, nah, that can't be what it is. She was, she was right there with me having this encounter and to her, just a drone, but to me, that's definitely something that is a little bit out of this world. Those moments are always very interesting because I feel like I've seen a lot of odd things in the sky, even, you know, at night driving, but I always second guess myself and go, I feel like that would most likely be, you know, something very easily explained. But as you said there, that was over quite a bit of time, you know, 10 minutes watching this thing. You can kind of really get a grasp of that. But I know exactly what you mean. It is very hard to come to the conclusion of, okay, I think this might actually be the real deal. Yeah, and the thing is, it, you can fall under that technical, I guess, classification that you don't know what it is. Technically, it is a UFO. Yeah. But that's not the only time I've seen stuff like that. Just recently, and oh, this would honestly, this would be about three days ago that I was outside in the backyard with my daughter. We're looking up at the moon. And there was a star quite close to the moon. And we, we were both looking at it. And the star just started to slowly move away. And to me, I know a satellite wouldn't do that. Satellites are in constant motion. This, is, this was genuinely something different, something that I have no idea what it was. 
And that is just, it seems to be coming the new normal for me because it's almost like anytime I go outside, I will almost see something weird going on. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I just wanted to mention too your Yowie encounter. I think it's very interesting, especially because of your location being in far north Queensland. And I think the biggest thing with, um, I suppose, your bipedal type, you know, large Sasquatch, if you, you know, give it that sort of determination um the fact that these creatures seem to be spotted all around the world just with different characteristics because it's that thing of i think americans are a little bit blown away when you tell them oh yeah like we have you know we have the exact same thing here in australia and you know in cold climates say like the blue mountains but then as hot as you know where you live in far north queensland where it's pretty much summer all year round so it's so fascinating that it's really the one cryptid i suppose that is so just worldly in that sense it's it doesn't really um i suppose there are key characteristic differences i suppose but we sort of bunch them all into the same thing that it's this you know large ape uh type creature that's sort of i guess dependent on its location but and i guess you do hear a lot of strange noises in the bush but not so many heavy kind of footstep type noises that's very unusual but you know where you live and so on i would not be surprised at all if that could have been a yowie and and the thing is there have been yowie encounters around my area so it's it's not like it's a a completely unimaginable thing but it it really is an interesting thing because like you said this is one of the cryptids that is it it doesn't discriminate about where where it'll live it it seems like a a very very versatile type of creature in the sense that 
you know, like you said, it'll live in the cold, it'll live in the hot, it'll live in the, it'll live in the desert, and it'll live in the bush. It, it seems to be one of the most adaptable creatures that, you know, can potentially be out there. Yeah, it's it's so interesting, and I guess too, I've been doing a lot of episodes recently about cryptids, and um, I always come to the conclusion at the end that uh, it was, you know, when you look at say like even just what I did uh, the episode yesterday on the Flatwoods Monster or a few months ago on um, the Jersey Devil and so on, very well known cryptids, but when you actually start to really look into them, not just the original story, but actually, you know, kind of dig a bit deeper and go, oh, wow, everyone's experience doesn't really have a massive sort of correlation. I suppose there's a lot of differences in, you know, even like particular location, description and so on. And then you go, well, were people actually even seeing the same thing? Or, you know, I'm even then surprised by like how many people saw this thing because often it's quite a few less than you might originally think considering the popularity and so on. But then you always come back to your Sasquatch, Bigfoot, Yowie, Yeti type creature and go, wow, this thing has been spotted and it's constantly, they're constantly being spotted. Like, you know, I was on Reddit this morning and I saw a photo of someone who believes their car windscreen, I think in California, had been uh, smashed because it almost looked like something's fists have sort of come down at the same time and left these two sort of large holes. And like things like that, it's constantly being spotted or at least having maybe, as you you just said there, some sort of uh, damage to a vehicle or footsteps or droppings. It's, It's so interesting because really name another cryptid that has been seen for this amount of time. You know, we're talking thousands, you know, you know, not even particularly, maybe even millions of years, right, here before us. Um, it just doesn't really exist. So it's, it's. I find it so fascinating that maybe that they're even still kind of lumped in with all these other cryptids because, man, the amount of sightings, and we still do actually have some evidence, like hair has been found and, you know, done tests and gone, okay, this is somehow from something kind of like an ape, but, you know, what are the what are apes doing in the Himalayas? And so on, like, we've never, we've never seen apes up here and so on. So it's it's very fascinating. It, it really is fascinating. And I'm going to give you a little bit of a, I guess, a hot tip of information here, Dylan, is that where I live here in Australia, there's quite a few army bases around. So you could, you could kind of drive almost four hours in any direction, you'll hit an army base. And one of the army bases around this area actually have Yowie protocols in their handbook. Wow. All right. Now I'm interested. <laughs> Tell you what. In Ingham, it's a little town just south of Cairns, and there's an army base around the area. And they genuinely have a handbook that has a section purely dedicated to what happens if you run into Yowies because that area is absolutely rampant with Yowie history. That is incredible. It's really interesting because... Out of everyone that I've spoken to that have Yowie encounters, the Australian Yowie seems to be quite an aggressive creature. Mm. And I've listened to a lot of podcasts that interview people who have seen, say, Sasquatch and, and Bigfoot, things like that. And that creature almost doesn't seem to respond as, I guess, as territorially or as as, as aggressively as the, as the Yowie does because... And, and this could just be pure dumb luck from the guests that have come on my show, but a large majority of them, and I would say nine out of 10, would have had aggressive encounters with Yowies. Being chased out, being uh, chased down on a bike is one of them. Uh, one of them hit a, a, a listener's um, truck bonnet because it, it almost ran into him. It's, um, 
it just seems to be one of the the more aggressive, I guess, species of this type of creature. And I would completely agree with that from my research and hearing people's experiences. Yeah, they definitely seem to be, I, th- I think the people who have these experiences are often chased or they've had some sort of almost violent type of uh, incident or even the thing of being so terrified, you know, that they weren't even able to move. I feel like you don't read or hear so much about that with, you know, your North American Bigfoot or so on. It's it's more just like you kind of got a glimpse and then the thing is taken off. Unlike, I feel like here it's like, no, 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 you're the one who has to take off in a, in a sense, you know. It's even like speaking with, you know, like Tim the Owie Man and he his experience where he literally had to get out of the situation because he was like, I don't necessarily know what this thing is, but I'm not hanging around to find out. I definitely think it's, it is massively in... Australian culture you know I remember growing up and just knowing about yaois and so on and it's it is very interesting I feel like it is a very different take from maybe other parts of the world yeah I I agree with you on that because I remember growing up going to school and things like that and this was almost told as a, a matter of fact type of creature the entire time I was growing up you know there was there's a lot of aboriginal folklore about it of them almost living right next door to, to Yowies and, you know, working with them and trading with them. It's, it's something that is, I think it's, it's, it's a genuine part of Australian history, which you don't really get with, with a lot of other, other countries. You hear a little bit of it with the, with the Americans and the native Indians there, but that's about it. You don't hear of this, this community aspect with, with other cryptids. And what's your take? So obviously you're doing your podcast as well. You've spoken to many people and I know UFOs and abduction as quite a part of your podcast that you quite enjoy delving into. Like why wouldn't you? It's it's probably my favourite uh, of the paranormal sort of specific topics to really get into. But with everyone you've spoken to and you you know, having your own interest, doing your own research, do you have sort of a conclusion in your mind to what the whole abduction phenomena is all about? Every time I think I have an idea, it changes with the next guest that comes on the show because everyone's encounters are, are so different and so unique that when you think you've got it all figured out, you get handed a whole bunch of new information and it's almost like you're, you're back at square one, mm. which I think is... I think it's kind of fantastic because it just gives all these types of things, uh, I guess, a, a sense of mystery, which I kind of love. But when it comes to the the abduction process, I think it is something that is almost an inherited trait from the people that I've spoken to. It seems to be something that kind of happens throughout generations. And I I wonder if there's some sort of genetic marker on individuals that will get passed down um, to, you know, their children and then so on and so on. Because a lot of the, the, I guess, the abductees that I've spoken to have said, yeah, I was taken when I was very, very young. I get taken when I'm older and it seems like my children are now having contact with these things. Yeah, but it definitely does seem to be quite a big trait. And especially, it's interesting you mentioned too, the whole idea that people are taken from such a young age and that does continue on into adulthood. And in like particularly it's interesting hearing from people who 
didn't realize they're having experiences when they were younger and it took, you know, maybe hypnosis or them just, I guess, maybe uncovering from their memory. But it definitely does seem like more of like an institutionalized type situation. It's not just, you know, you were out fishing on a boat and it was like you were there, we'll just, we'll just grab him. It's It definitely probably does seem a little bit more planned out and, you know, precise. Yeah, I think the the whole I was driving along a road and I kind of got abducted, it's a very Hollywood approach to to all of it. And, you know, that's not to say that that type of stuff doesn't happen. I mean, we're, we're talking about alien abductions, you know, it's it's stuff that most people would really, you know, laugh at people about. But I, I genuinely think there's, there's a lot more that goes into it because I, I think that people get chosen for certain reasons. And whether that's a, a genetic marker, whether there's something unique about that, that one person, I don't know. But I, I do believe that there is a lot of thought that goes behind why certain people get taken. I think with this stuff, you never feel like you totally have a grasp on it. Like I just, you know, I've recently spoken to another UFO abductee and they were telling me things that um, I wasn't unfamiliar with, but I'm like, okay, well, how does that fit into maybe the concept that I've sort of created in my mind over time from just trying to figure this stuff out? And I guess it's just, it, there's no real, there's no one answer, I suppose. That's that's the biggest thing, you know, because maybe people think of aliens as like, just one species or one, you know, it's like we're humans and then there, then there's aliens and so on. But it's like, well, it doesn't, doesn't really work like that. Anything is alien to us. So it depends on, you know, who you might be ex- having these experiences with and, you know, their whole plan and how they fit into everything. And it, I think it's, it's that total thing too of this year has been massive for disclosure with UFOs and so on. And I definitely think the ball is rolling now more than ever and more and more, uh, is going to come out over time, but I don't think we're ever going to get the full answer. And I kind of, you know, as you said there as well, it is it is very fun to get caught up in the mystery and it's great kind of not knowing as well because you get to spend your time having discussions like this or, you know, just going over in your own mind about what does this all mean and, you know, how do we fit into all of this? But uh, it is that interesting thing of, will yeah, will we ever actually get a full answer because, well, I don't think in our lifetime anyway, because I, I don't think any one group have all the answers. I feel like it's it's this, you know, thing far bigger than any any one of us. So it's, which is, you know, kind of wild to kind of just sit back and think about like, oh, well, but yet we still, we still come on here and do our thing and talk about this kind of stuff, even though I think every time we do do our podcast, it's just kind of like one little piece to the puzzle that might just kind of, you know, be added, getting added to the bigger picture. Uh, that's how I kind of have to look at it anyway, otherwise I'll lose my mind, I suppose. <laughs> no, I think it's a good way of doing it because I, I'm very much in the, the same uh, mindset that I don't think we'll ever find out what aliens are in our lifetime. Um, I think the the closest that we'll get in our lifetime is seeing uh, microorganisms on on the moon or on Mars or something like that. I think that's the, about the extent of um, alien contact that we may ever ever get in our lifetime. But there's the, if there's one thing that 2020 has really taught me is that personally, I don't think anyone on our planet really knows what what aliens are or if if aliens are actually real or or anything like that because a lot of people will go down the route that you know aliens are a demonic projection or Mm. or something like that 
it's um it's it's just another avenue when it comes to to the paranormal is that could could demonic entities be posing as as these things from your nightmares or something like that 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 is a quite a common perception as well that's i suppose how people try to really debunk abduction and so on as people you know with sleep paralysis and um you know, I think sleep paralysis might actually have something to do with abduction. I don't think it is necessarily the answer to, I guess, more of like an earthly reasoning for it and so on. But it definitely does leave you yeah, thinking because there are so many different ways to approach it. I don't know. I, I just find the, the, the whole thing is somehow connected in some weird way as well because I, I talk to people, I interview people who have had UFO encounters and it's not uncommon for them to have uh, a paranormal encounter. And it's it's like, are they embracing the woo about it all? Are they are they leaning all in or are they has their mindset just changed about everything and now they're just open to to seeing more things? It is that thing at, at the end of the day. It's like, well, here's all this research and here's my evidence and here's my thoughts, but it's like it doesn't really we have no proof of that or real, at the end of the day, it doesn't really get us anywhere. But I suppose you have to, I don't know, not think about it. I think that's us thinking about it in like worldly kind of terms, right? Like that's that's how science has always kind of been delivered to us or even just like the everyday of how we exist, you know, it's like everything's kind of for a reason. And it's, you know, at the end of the day, if you kind of can't have a result, then it's like, well, did you fail in a sense? Because you didn't get your exact result. But that's the thing with the paranormal. We don't ever particularly get an answer we can disprove and um, debunk things, I suppose. But that's that's not what we're here trying to do all the time. We do question everything that we do, but it totally does. And I feel like a lot of people listening would be the exact same thing. I'm just like, man, are we ever gonna really get anywhere? But I suppose we do, though. But maybe from more of like an outside kind of viewpoint. We're getting really deep here, <laughs> I must say. But but this is like the honest kind of thing I think about. Quite honestly, it's like the amount of. Um, now, time I'll look into something and then go, all right, I think this thing actually did exist, but it's like, but that's just kind of what I've taken from this, you know, and everyone has to make up their own mind, but it, it is pretty wild. I think that we will just never know on a lot of these topics, you know, like something like, um, you know, we might eventually find out something like Bigfoot or Yowies, you know, someone might eventually manage to, I guess, get their hands on one and then maybe they can scientifically prove it, but we don't really need that either because the people who sort of need to know already know and the people who want to know, they're open to it already. It's that thing if we probably could rest the whole needing to scientifically prove all of this because that's such like a an human instinct, I think. It's just what's been like, it's like the institution. Science has to prove this and we have to then, I guess, somehow profit on this thing for it to, you know, make sense to our existence. But if it doesn't, it's like people don't want to know about it. I think it's it's very much a, a winning mindset of ha-ha, I told you it was real, or ha-ha, I told you it's not. I think there's a lot more value into just living your life knowing that the encounter that you experienced, that you genuinely experienced it, there's there's no need for you to really go out there and get the the acceptance of the, the wider world to, to confirm what happened to you happened. You... You'll, you'll know deep down that, hey, yeah, I saw a Yowie or hey, maybe I didn't see it. Maybe I was just making that up. I don't think people who have encounters need it to be proven. I think it's more so the naysayers who go, well, 
if it's out there, why isn't there a dead body? Why haven't we got pictures with aliens? Why haven't we got a spaceship landing on the on the front lawn of Parliament? Things like that. It's mm-hmm. it's you'll only find naysayers say that type of stuff. Cade, I'm curious to know with the people you surround yourself with, your friends and family, whoever be it, how much interest do they have within the paranormal? And obviously. You are a massive lover of these particular topics, but the fact that you go the extra mile and produce a podcast similar to myself on these topics, it kind of puts you in a whole other category. And I know I have, you know, I probably do, the the people I surround myself with, even if they don't necessarily believe, I think they have somewhat of an interest just because I am so invested in it. And, you know, we'll have kind of discussions about particular things. And even if they don't come around to the idea that this stuff could be happening, they have somewhat of an interest, but I'm curious to know what's your sort of inner circle like and are you sort of judged for enjoying these particular topics and, you know, obviously going that extra step and actually producing a podcast about the paranormal? Uh, that's an interesting question because I would say um, a large majority of my my close friends and family would probably be uh, naysayers about it, but whenever something weird happens, they're always the first people to reach out to me. Kind of goes, well, obviously there's a a seed of doubt or a seed of curiosity going on there because you you are obviously starting to believe a little bit of what is going on then. Because I I couldn't tell you how many times a a newspaper article comes out or, or, you know, like say the Daily Mail or news.com puts something out and the amount of people of my friends, my family that would tag me in these weird things, it it just goes through the roof now. So I think, and it it could all just be the whole, the world is changing. So people are starting to become a little bit more accepting of this stuff now. But when I first started out, everyone just thought, nah, you're not going to get anyone. There's people don't talk about this type of thing. And how that's changed. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Like, as I said, when I first started in my podcast, I didn't mention 21 for months. Because not that I was worried about being judged or anything. I'm just like, people are just going to be like, what, why are you wasting your time in a sense? And it's like, but I wasn't doing it for them anyway, you know. And then um, and then all of a sudden everyone starts coming out the woodwork. But it's interesting to hear that you're, you seem like you're the person within your kind of world where everyone sends the links to uh, when anything kind of weird happens, it's like, have you, oh man, have you heard about this? It's like, yeah, I heard about that like two weeks ago. It's like, it's, it's <laughs> you know, it's like, I do love, but I must say, I love that. It's, uh, it's like when like Bob Lazar was on Joe Rogan last year, the amount of people who messaged me, I was like, well, I guess I'm their kind of like their point of contact for like, Dylan's going to know about this UFO thing that's going on or whatever. So yeah, I guess you just embrace it, don't you? Like it's with sort of like the weird ones who, now share this information with an audience. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's I think it's great that more and more people are kind of tapping into this type of stuff. As you know, even if it's just baby steps, the more the more people that are interested in this type of thing, it means there's more people willing to to share their stories. And uh, as a as a totally selfish point of view, that's really good for me as a podcast host. <laughs> yes. It's good. I, I'm very curious just to see, you know, like, well, you've been doing your podcast two years. I'm doing this for about four. So, you know, where we could be in another two to four years, like it's, I think it's probably going to be wild actually, like just looking back and going, man, like just look look, what, look where we're at now. Yeah, the uh, the future is definitely exciting for the world of the paranormal and the unknown. I, um, 
I'm very much looking forward to it because I think 2020 has been such a crazy year that I don't think much more is really going to shock the world. So if disclosure is going to happen, I think more more stuff's going to start coming out sooner rather than later. And that makes me really excited. We can't ever turn our back on this stuff now. It's just too difficult. But, you know, I'm assuming now, especially after this year, uh, yeah, people are going to have, regular people are going to start to have that as well. You know, all they have to do is go, oh, hang on, like, so UFOs exist now. Okay, interesting. And, you know, and obviously they still haven't gotten to the point yet that they haven't kind of said like, okay, this is definitely not Chinese, it's not Russian or what have you, but we all know it's it's not that, you know. So I guess I, I think the thing is for the general public, they probably just need the actual answers from, I guess, like an institution like the government, which I don't really understand why that people put so much emphasis on that. Like why do you care what, what information they're going to pass on to you because it's like people already know, you know, it's what, what difference does it make if they're, you know, a government official or not? It's like they're still people and people, you know, are aware of what's going on. So if people want to know the answers, they're out there for sure. Well, not all of them, but uh, we're getting pretty close, I still think. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree with you 100% on that. Well, Cade, thank you so much for uh, taking the time and coming on the podcast. It was great to uh, have just an open discussion because it's it's kind of very rare, I feel like, it's to speak with someone on the same kind of level uh, of interest and just nerdiness about this kind of stuff. So I just love to uh, just love to do it, you know. It's it's, and I think people just will just enjoy chucking it on, having a listen, and just kind of either agreeing or disagreeing with what uh, with where we're kind of sitting with all this. Yeah, absolutely. It's always good fun, mate. It was um, an absolute pleasure to come on the show. Uh, it's one of my favorite shows, and that's that's genuine. I love. The, the topics that you cover and you, you put in way more work than I do on my podcast. So I have to applaud you on that one. And um, yeah, man, it's always, always good to to talk to someone who has a very similar mindset about this type of stuff and kind of just bounce those ideas. It feels good. I always feel like after having conversations like this, like almost like a weight's been lifted. It's like, okay, I've had like my week, my week's worth of like just getting uh, these <laughs> thoughts out. But um, yeah, definitely. And like, likewise for your podcast, uh, and you definitely do work hard. Like you put out a lot more episodes than I could ever imagine. You get to speak to some, you know, very vast and different, differing uh, people. So, you know, you're putting out a lot of good material that uh, that people definitely are enjoying because I'm one of them. So what's the best way for uh, people to find your podcast? Uh, the best way to find the podcast is to go to believepod.com um, or jump on any of the, the podcast players that you use. You find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, basically anywhere you can download a podcast, you can find the the Believe uh, Paranormal and UFO podcast there. So there you go. That was chatting with Cade from Believe Paranormal and UFO podcast. I really enjoyed getting to talk to someone very like-minded. It's great to talk to yet another Australian producing a really great podcast all about the paranormal and getting to share that with you guys as well, just in case you hadn't come across it. So thank you so much to Cade once again. And of course, make sure you subscribe to Paranormal Thoughts Podcast. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Also jump on our Patreon if you want to help support the podcast. And all these links are, of course, in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much, guys. And I can't wait to see you in the next episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.